so now we're going to go from the ridiculous to the sublime, all right? <coughs> all right, so um, as a culture, as a culture, we have arranged our lives in such a way that we are stressed. And part of the reason is because we believe the lie that says doing is good, doing more is better, and doing even more is even better. And so during Christmas, we do even more, more. And as a result, that means that we are stressed. All right, so over the next few weeks, the likelihood of you being stressed is quite high. And little old compassionate me thought that I'd share with you an area in which I am finding life, where I am experiencing God. And today I'm going to be talking about loving your shadow side to death. Thank you, Doug, for the lovely slide. (coughs) And the reason why is because I've been finding life in loving my shadow side to death. My shadow side is another word for the false self or what scripture calls the flesh. That part of me that hides from God, that part of me that hides from love. The likelihood of you experiencing your shadow side in an abundance this Christmas It's pretty high. So let's look what we can do to manage that better. So I'm going to read to you the text that I was given. A woman named Mary, who lived in a city of Galilee called Nazareth, found herself in an extraordinary circumstance. She found herself greeted by a celestial messenger. She remembered feeling greatly troubled by the presence of the messenger, and the messenger addressed her with comfort and with assurance. The messenger said, Do not be seized with fear, nor be alarmed, Mary. You are being met with the limitless delight of God. Very soon you will find yourself to be pregnant with a son, child named this child Jesus. So here's what I'm going to zero in on this morning. Mary was willing to receive the delight of God, the limitless delight of God. Now in Mary's case, being willing to receive the limitless delight of God resulted in a child. Like Mary, we are invited to receive the limitless delight of God, which will also result in a life, but this life will be your life. But before I talk about being willing to receive the limitless delight of God, let me just clarify what receiving the limitless delight of God will not do. Being willing to receive the limitless delight of God will not pay your bills. It will not get you a job. It will not make your bed in the morning. It will not choose the fabric for your curtains. It will not run your errands. It will not take off those extra 10 pounds. And it will not take away your addictions. And it also did not keep Mary and Joseph from having to flee to Egypt. 
It did not increase their income, and it did not make the Romans like them any better. So I just wanted to clarify to you that there is nothing on the spiritual journey that is a magic pill. Being like Mary and being willing to receive the limitless delight of God also is not a magic pill. So, then we have to ask, what is the advantage of being willing to receive the limitless delight of God? Well, you can't go on an intentional spiritual journey without being willing to receive the limitless delight of God. You can't be on an intentional spiritual journey without the limitless delight of God. So let's just say that you decide that you are going to embark on an intentional spiritual journey. Let's say that you decide that you're going to be a co-creator with God and that you're going to spend the rest of your life finding your way back home. You're going to decide to spend the rest of your life finding your essence and living from it. You're going to spend the rest of your life becoming Christ-like. So I'm going to offer you three hypotheses on what that might look like. Hypothesis number one. We have all been given a personal map of our personal way home. The map consists of our particular brand of afflictive emotions. Hypothesis number two. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> Those afflictive emotions. <laughs> will lead us to our false self. <laughs> this is not good. I was very serious. <laughs> These afflictive emotions will lead us to our false self, which we will then neutralize by loving it to death. Hypothesis number three. On the other side of our neutralized false self is essence. Being home Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. And now I'm going to read it again since I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> we have all been given a personal map of our personal way home. That map consists of our particular brand of afflictive emotions. Hypothesis number two. These afflictive emotions will lead us to our false self which we then neutralize by loving it to death. Hypothesis number three. On the other side of our neutralized false self is home, essence, being, Christ in you, the hope of glory. All right, hypothesis number one. Good news. We have each been given a personalized map of our personalized way back home. And this map is found through our afflictive emotions. And as far as afflictive emotions go, we all fall somewhere on a continuum. At one end of the continuum are people who are a mass of afflictive emotions. And on the other end of the continuum are people with no emotions. And that suits them just fine. Thank you very much. End of story.
but most of us fall somewhere in between. And it is to the people who fall somewhere in between that I will be addressing today. I will not be addressing the people who fall at this end of the spectrum, who has, whose challenge is to move into and through their emotions so they don't get swallowed up. And the people on the other end of the continuum whose challenge is to slow down so that they actually feel they're not so pretty emotions. So to all of us that are in the middle, our afflictive emotions rear up whenever their fortress is threatened. and Their fortress is your false self. Our afflictive emotions say this, I'm going to make you feel so bad for daring to challenge my fortress that you will never come in this direction again. Again, the fortress that they are commissioned to defend is your shadow side, your false self. And because our afflictive emotions do a good job of making us feel bad, we avoid them. We avoid feeling our not-so-pretty feelings, which ensures that the fortress stays defended. Thereby, we miss access to our essence, our being, our Christ in you. Now, we all have our reasons for avoiding our afflictive emotions. We all have our ways of avoiding feeling our fears. We avoid feeling helpless. We avoid feeling shame. We avoid feeling sad. We avoid feeling lost. We avoid feeling outrage. But without awareness of our not-so-pretty emotions, without our heart intelligence, our sense of reality suffers. We only see part of reality, which means we only experience part of God. Hypothesis 2. These afflictive emotions will lead us to our false self, which we then neutralize by loving it to death. The way home leads through the false self. And in order to digest the false self, one must receive an abundance of the limitless delight of God. One must be like Mary and be willing to receive the limitless delight of God. Our awareness of our shadow side cannot outstrip our compassion. The limitless delight of God has to accompany our awareness of our shadow side. Our culpability in our painful lives is too breathtaking. Each level of awareness shows us the shallowness of how we have chosen to live our lives, the smallness of our choices, the superficialities, the callousness, the hardness of our hearts, and it is breathtaking in a really sad way. It takes grace to own our false selves and to receive the limitless delight of God. Each level shows us how what we called strength was really weakness, and what we justified as righteousness was really unrighteousness. Again, our awareness cannot exceed our compassion. But here's the 
here's the problem. We can't love what we refuse to be aware of. We can't bring to the light what we refuse to own. What stays in the dark stays unloved, and what stays unloved stays unhealed. I'll say that again. We can't love what we refuse to be aware of. We can't bring to the light what we refuse to own. What stays in the dark stays unloved, and what stays unloved stays unhealed. So we err in one of two ways. We either live in an automatic way where we are always aware of our shortcomings and never receive the unlimited delight of God, or we err by living in an automatic way where we never feel our not-so-pretty emotions, thereby never finding our way home. Hypothesis number three. On the other side of our false selves, we find our essence. We find being. We, found, we find Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, I don't think that we are convinced that there is life on the other side. Is there really humility on the other side of pride? Does veracity really come with deceit? Can we trust that equanimity is hidden behind envy? What about avarice? Does it hang out with non-attachment? Will courage own fear? Will sobriety align herself with gluttony? Or innocence with lust? Or right action with sloth? Or serenity with anger? Now, essence is a fluid place, a place where we are not compulsed or fixated. So on our journey, it's a fluid journey. We move if we choose to grow. We move from afflictive emotions to false self to essence and back to afflictive emotions through your shadow side to your essence, back to not-so-pretty emotions to false self to the Christ essence. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little story. I'm getting better at living in the present and being aware and a little more consistent in my meditation. That might be why I experienced what I'm getting ready to tell you. During one of my meetings, I found myself detaching from what a member was saying and simply observing the meeting. And if you had been watching that scene as though it were a movie, the producer would have had the voices fade away and you would have been watching people talk, but you would not have been hearing the voices and there would be some music in the background. And he would have zoomed in on each of the faces in the room and you would have seen reflected on each of those faces, male and female alike, total adoration. And suddenly I was aware at that moment of a deep sadness inside of me. And interestingly enough, it was one of those times where my feeling was as much a color as it was an experience. 
and the sadness was the clearest blue, sea blue, that can be imagined. Clear, see-through, sea blue sadness. And the only thought I had was, stay with it, Robin. Stay with it. Don't exit. Don't exit. Stay with your little one. She is trusting you with her reality. She is trusting you with her truth. She is trusting you to be with her and comfort her. Stay with the sadness, Robin. Now, in my imagination, I imagined a little girl about this high, and she was looking up at me with a really sad face. And I knelt down and put my arms around that little sad girl, and she never said anything, but I knew. I knew she was sad because she wanted to be adored by a whole room full of people, too. And she never had been, and she never would be. And it made her really, really sad. And so I held her tight, and I held her as long as she wanted to be held, and I held her until she was ready to go out and play. It was a holy moment. My little girl came to me with her sadness because she was beginning to trust me. And being willing to be with her sadness, I brought the limitless delight of God. I delighted in her while she was sad. No chidings of, you really shouldn't feel that way. No withering, disdainful comments or snorts. No dismissive, of course you're adored. No efficient, haughty lecturing. No intellectual pontificating. In the past, I would have avoided feeling sad by immersing myself in what this person in the group was saying. I would have never allowed myself to be aware of something I considered childish. I would have never allowed myself to be aware of something I wanted but couldn't have. Or if I had dared to feel anything, it would have been an extreme discomfort with the emotion of adoration in that room. On the next level of avoiding my sadness would have been to cloak it in envy. Envy would have been a more doable for me than sadness. After all, I could self-loathe because of my envy, which was preferable to feeling clear, see-through, sea-blue sadness. So I risked owning a vulnerable feeling, owning my shadow side that presented itself, in the form of an afflictive emotion. I applied a liberal amount of limitless delight of God, and I experienced essence. Something was brought to the light. Something was loved. Something was healed. Now, you might not need to feel your sadness. It might be that you need to feel your powerlessness. And that will lead you to your essence. 
Your fear of powerlessness needs the limitless delight of God in order to heal. The invitation is to feel your powerlessness. Feel it, sit with it, observe it, receive it, embrace it with the limitless delight of God. Or what about your outrage that you feel when you have been unjustly accused? Can you sit with that outrage? Can you feel it? Can you own it? Or are you going to skip right over your outrage into a defensive posture? Or maybe it's your fear of inadequacy that needs the limitless delight of God in order to heal. Feel your inadequacy. Sit with it. Observe it. Be aware of it. Embrace it with the limitless delight of God. Or maybe your fear of not existing needs the limitless delight of God. Feel your fear. Let it rise. Observe it. Be aware of it. Don't dismiss it. Or do you fear being ordinary? Does being anything but normal need the limitless delight of God in order to heal? Feel what ordinary feels like. Sit with it. Observe it. Receive it. Embrace it with the limitless delight of God. Can you experience your pride? Can you own that you feel superior? Can you sit with it? Observe it? Receive it? Embrace it with the limitless delight of God? Or when you see your vanity in all of its glory, can you receive it? Own it? Embrace it with the limitless delight of God? Can you grieve your willingness to not exist? Can you own it? Can you receive your culpability in it all? Can you let the limitless delight of God heal your abandonment of yourself? Can you feel your anger? Or are you too righteous to ever get angry? Can you receive it? Feel it? Let your anger lead you to your false self and then to the other side, which is your essence? What is not observed cannot be received. What cannot be received cannot be loved. What cannot be loved cannot be healed. Our fear of powerlessness, of not existing, of being ordinary, of being abandoned, of not mattering, of being incompetent, of being imperfect, of not being safe. These are all our shadow side. And these afflictive emotions lead us to our false self, our shadow side where we apply the limitless delight of God, which allows healing to occur. In other words, love your shadow side to death. So we will close by reviewing hypothesis number one. We all have been given a personal map of our personal way home, consisting of our particular brand of afflictive emotions. Hypothesis number two. That map will lead us to our false self, which we then will neutralize by loving it to death. Hypothesis number three. 
on the other side of our neutralized false self is home, essence, being, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Perhaps you will be feeling a lot of afflictive emotions in the coming weeks. No need to self-loathe. Receive them. They are your map home. Experience them. Receive them. Neutralize them with the limitless delight of God. You are all of the things that you are afraid you are. And you are loved. Receive the limitless delight of God. You are all the things you try so hard not to be. And you are loved. Receive the limitless delight of God. You are all the things they say you are. You are loved. Receive the limitless delight of God. You are all the things that you hate being. And you are loved. Receive the limitless delight of God. So Mary was willing to receive the limitless delight of God, and the result was a life. Likewise, when you are willing to receive the limitless delight of God, the result will also be a life, and it will be your own. So thank you.